Happy and blessed New Year to each one of you. We are living in a year nobody has lived in before. Seems so obvious, right? In a time that no one has lived in before. In a season, right? Further, deeper into a season than humanity has been before. Closer to the complete redemption of all creation than we've ever been before. I believe that the year of 2022 is going to be a year of more extremes. Extreme light. Extreme darkness. Extreme power of God on display through you. Through me. Through His church in the earth. And it's going to be a time, I believe, of miracles. Of us seeing and beholding and recognizing how good God is. And it's going to be seen. I believe that. You know, we have word that tells us that we have the Spirit of God in and on us with power that accompanies that Spirit. Power that makes a difference in you and I's life. Power that's going to make a difference in this house. Power that's going to make a difference out in your workplace. Power that's going to make a difference everywhere your foot goes. So make sure your feet are going into places where you want to see difference. If your feet only go to the places where a difference doesn't need to be made, then how can we expect to see the Lord lifted up and glorified? Go with me over to Isaiah chapter 40. I've been asking the Lord, what would you say to us at the beginning of 2022? What would you say uh, to me personally? What would you say to us as a church and to us as, as your body in the earth today? And he led me to, to Isaiah 40, and I just want to read, read the whole thing to you, and we're going to work from there. Comfort, comfort my people, says God. Speak tenderly, or speak to the heart of Jerusalem, and announce to her that her time of hard service is over, her iniquity has been pardoned, and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one crying out, Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make straight a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up. Every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain. The glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice was cry- saying, cry out. Another said, what should I cry out? All humanity is grass, and all its goodness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, and when the breath of the Lord blows on them, indeed the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Zion, herald of good news, go up on a high mountain, Jerusalem. Herald of good news, raise your voice loudly. Raise it, do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See the Lord God comes with strength. His power establishes His rule. His wages are with Him. His reward accompanies Him. He protects His flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in His arms and carries them in the fold of His garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. Aren't you glad for the Lord's gentleness? That the Lord remembers that you and I are dust. 
There's a reason he's called the good shepherd. <laughs> he's not the bad shepherd as sometimes we've been taught. Right? Some of us have been taught that he's the God with the big stick waiting for you to goof up so he can crack you across the head. That's not who the Lord is. He is a good shepherd. He is a gentle shepherd. And he has never, ever, ever asked anyone on this planet to do something they could not do with his help. I said with his help. Now he's in the habit of asking you and I to do things that we're unable to do on our own. Right? That's his mode of operation. And I'm so glad because it helps us keep our eyes on Him. The source, the salvation, the beginning, the end, the Alpha, Omega of our salvation. Verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of His hand? Or marked off the heavens with the span of His hand? Who has gathered the dust of the earth in a measure? Or weighed the mountains on a balance? Or the hills on the scales? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord? Or who gave Him counsel? Who did He consult? Who gave him understanding and taught him the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Look, the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They are considered as a speck of dust on the scales. He lifts up the islands like fine dust. Lebanon's cedars are not enough for fuel or its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are considered by him as emptiness. Nothing. Nothingness. With whom will you compare God? What likeness will you set up for comparison with him? An idol? Something that a smelter casts or a metal worker plates with gold or makes silver chains? A, pers a poor person contributes wood for a pedestal that will not rot. He looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not fall over. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not considered the foundations of the earth? God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like thin cloth and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He reduces princes to nothing and makes judges of the earth like a wasteland. They are barely planted, barely sown. Their stem hardly takes root in the ground. When He blows on them, they wither. And a whirlwind carries them away like stubble. I'm telling you, there's no amount of laws, no amount of overreach of freedom, no amount of democratic evilness that the Democrats have tried to do in our country. The people that hate God, come on, I'm going to call it for what it is. You cannot love God and do opposite of what He says. And we live in a time of darkness where this has been the prevailing thing in the land. And no, the Republicans don't have some sort of hold on righteousness. Because there's just as many of them that are also working with evil. It's time that righteousness right, comes up within every party and there's a revival that people come back to the Lord instead of finding the favor of man. I said all of that just to say this. Nothing they can come up with. Nothing that they can do. Nothing that they can try to convince or put upon us compares to He who looks at a mountain and goes, oh, that's nothing. Oh, that nation? Eh, drop in the bucket. Verse 25, To whom will you compare me or who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look up and see. Who created these? He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of His great power and strength, <clears throat> not one of them is missing. Jacob, why do you say in Israel, why do you assert my way is hidden from the Lord? 
And my claim is ignored by God. Have you ever felt that way? That maybe, maybe He's not seeing me. Maybe He's not hearing me. Maybe He just doesn't like me. Maybe it's because of some of those things I did in my past that have exempted me from His goodness. Maybe it's the times I've tried and failed to walk in righteousness that those things are now gathered up against me. and So He's not really hearing me because I've made my bed and now I need to lay in it. Have you ever felt that way? Or or have you ever had that tap on the shoulder and someone whisper that to you? By someone, I mean some evil spirit. Verse 28, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to His understanding. He gives strength to the faint. Have you ever felt weak or faint? He gives strength to you. Someone say, He gives me strength. Even when I feel faint, He gives me power and strength. It says, Youth may faint or become faint and weary. Young men may stumble and fall. No matter how strong you are in the natural, um, no matter how many marathons that you can run, at some point you're going to find the limit to your ability in the natural realm. Limit. So even the young, strong ones, they get weak. They get faint. They stumble. They fall. But, (laughs) there's a but. I love the buts in the Bible. But, those who trust, or those who wait on the Lord, are we going to trust and wait on the Lord in 2022? They that wait on Him. That means to look expectantly to Him. That means that even in the face of no matter what kind of darkness comes at you, you can look confidently, expectantly at He who holds the whole world in His hands, at He who calls the stars by name, at He that when a star goes poop out, He knows where it went. Him, that, that one, that mighty one, the everlasting God. If you'll wait on Him, if you look expectantly, if you wait expectantly on Him, it says He will renew your strength. That means weak no more. No longer weak. No longer faint. No longer overcome by exhaustion. But strong. They will soar on wings like eagles. Have you ever watched an eagle soar? I mean, it looks really effortless, doesn't it? I mean, it's what inspired mankind to try to fly. They looked at that and said, man, wouldn't that be cool? And it is. You know, if you've ever been on an airplane, it is. But here he says they will soar on wings like eagles. Meaning the thing that's impossible will become easy for you. Effortless. They will run and not become weary. How many of you have ever run a race of some sort in here? At the end, were you tired? Yeah. How would you like to run that race, run that marathon, and at the end, be going, you mean that's it? Come on, let's do it again. Not be weary. Well, he's not talking about marathons, although it could apply to that if it needed to, right? If the Lord's asking you to go run a marathon, well, then he's going to help you not be weary. But he's talking about something here. The thing that takes effort. The thing that you put in the effort and you wind up weary, he's saying you're not going to be weary anymore. They will walk and not faint. It's not only running. It's not only flying. There's also walking. Hallelujah. There's walking and there's not fainting. 
Go over to Psalms 27. They that wait upon the Lord. They that trust in the Lord. You know, Scripture says that He keeps in perfect peace the mind that is stayed on you. I think in 2022, I think some of us, I know some of us, are going to face bigger challenges than we've ever faced before. But Jesus said this to the disciples when He knew they were going to face some bigger challenges than they'd ever faced before. He said, you know, you're going to have a lot of trouble. He says, but be of good cheer. Be courageous. Take heart. He says, because I've overcome the world and you're going to win. (laughs) You're going to win. And when you look at the story of these 12 men that He was talking to, what was their story? Man, signs and wonders, signs and wonders, signs and wonders everywhere they went. It's through the book of Acts. It's in Corinthians. It's in the different places where they went. Paul said it. He wasn't even one of the disciples. And Paul said, hey, he said, I went out and I preached the gospel and I didn't consider it to be fully preached until there was signs and wonders that were amongst it. I mean, that's a paraphrase, but you can go read it and see that's what he's saying. Psalms 27 the psalm of David, and he's talking about his stronghold. And let's go down to verse 13. We're going to apply this to 2022. You know, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek that every year people get up and say, okay, this is my year, this is going to be a great year, this is going to be... And they said it at the beginning of 2020. And 2021. And on and on and on. But listen, there are circumstances that will be around you that you don't have to take identity with. And even in the midst of horrible circumstances, you can have a personal revival. You can have a personal victories. You can walk. Listen, you can be in a boat in the ocean without being swimming. It's called the ark. Right? So 2020, 2021, 2022, whatever is is on the horizon, we have an ark. His name is Jesus. Here he says in verse 13, I am certain. I am certain. He's convinced. He's confident. He's completely persuaded that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. I will see. Let's say that. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's right here, right now, in this land. Let's say it again. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's here. That's now. That's my season. That's my time. Lord, be glorified. Now, I have nowhere. I've read the Bible front to back multiple times. And I have never anywhere in this book found anything that says 2022 does not qualify for that verse. You know, when the disciples looked at Jesus and they said, hey, are you now going to establish your your kingdom on the earth? And He said, you know, the times and seasons that my Father establishes aren't for you to know. But here is what's for you to know. 
And He gave them all that they needed. The Spirit of God within and upon and power that came with it to do what we've been assigned to do. I don't know what's coming. I'm not going to pretend like I know what's coming. I saw what came in the last couple of years and I recognize that it's a tune-up for what Revelations is all about. But all I really need to know is that the greater one is in me. And if the greater one's in me, then there's absolutely nothing that I could face or that you could face that will overcome us. Because we have the assured guarantee He's deposited in you and I a victory. I'm not trying to rhyme, but that does. Look at verse 14. So he says, I'm certain I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Different translations say it differently. I looked at a whole bunch of translations on that today and it was a very interesting um, different ways of seeing it and saying the same thing. But if you're certain, that means you're going to believe it. If you are waiting for the goodness of the Lord. And I mean by waiting, I don't mean waiting in faith. Waiting expectantly. I mean, if you're going to wait to believe this Scripture until the goodness of the Lord comes to you, then you're not going to see it. Or at the very least, you'll live disappointed. Because it won't happen like you thought. Like, like you'd hoped. Like you'd, no, saying it wrong. Like you'd wished. Like you'd wished. What does he say in the next verse, verse 14? Wait for the Lord. There it is again. That means to wait expectantly. To look to expectantly. Wait for the Lord. If you, if we'd have read the whole psalm, you would see that, man, there's all these troubles that he lists off. And, and then, you know, if I hadn't believed God, I wouldn't see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So if you're facing all of this, wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait expectantly. That's faith. Wait expectantly on the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. The Lord's going to strengthen your heart, right? Wait for the Lord. Someone say, I will wait. I will wait expectantly on the Lord. I will serve expectantly on the Lord. Now, we just said the same thing. You ever go into a restaurant and you sit down and the waiter comes over to you? Or waitress? What are they doing? They're waiting on you. What are they doing? They're serving you. They're not telling you what you should do. They're standing there, what do you want? They're waiting for a command. They're waiting for you to tell them. And when we wait on the Lord, that doesn't mean we've gone away from Him and are saying, Lord, when you're ready. No, we're at His elbow saying, that's your command. Lord, what would you have me to do? And if He just says, you know, sit tight, wait right here, then what should you do? Sit tight, wait right here. If He says, get out of the boat and begin to walk on the water, what are you going to do? You're going to be jumping over the boat. Just don't dive, you'll hurt your face. Because you're going to walk on it, right? Not swim in it. Wait expectantly on the Lord. Go to Psalm 34. Now, this psalm was written when David pretended to be insane in the presence of King Abimelech. And finally, King Abimelech is like this crazy guy. I don't want anything to do with him. And he runs him off, tells him to leave. And so, so David is able to escape because he was about to lose his life until he pretended to be crazy. 
Look here in verse 34. The result of this is what he's saying here. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, did any of you have to pretend to be crazy to be able to come to church tonight? I know some of you are tempted to look at each other and go, yeah, you're crazy already. But no, I'm talking about like insane crazy, right? Yeah, we didn't have to pretend to be crazy to come to church. What he pretends to be crazy and now he is giving the Lord credit for something, for his deliverance, for his help. He says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise is always going to be on my mouth, coming out of my mouth. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt His name together. So he's stirred up. He's fired up. Because he's experienced the victory. And now he begins to tell a little bit of a story. He says, I sought the Lord. Kind of telling what happened. He answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant with joy. There it is again. We sang about it. Karen talked about it. Joy. Radiant with joy. Those who look to Him are radiant with joy. Those who wait expectantly on Him are full of joy. There is joy in faith. And I'm telling you, in 2022, you are not your feelings. And when, when situations arise and circumstances present themselves to you that could cause you to get into fear, could cause you to have all sorts of feelings all over the place, remember in that moment, I'm not my feelings. I am not my emotions. And go back to the anchor. The anchor. His name is Jesus. We have His Word. And stay with the anchor. They look to Him. They're radiant. Why are they full of joy? Why are they radiant with joy? Because they are confident in deliverance. Confidence in deliverance. They're not hoping. They're not wishing. They're Bible hoping. Because Bible hope is different than today's modern day hope, right? Today, modern day hope, we use it as wish. I wish or I want. But in the Bible, hope was often used as a confident expectation of something. An anticipation of it. Those who look to Him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and rescues them. Do we have people here that fear the Lord in this way? The reverence of the Lord? Then there are angels that have pitched tents around you. And wherever you go, they go. And they protect you. They're there to rescue you. They're there to deliver you. They're there to keep the angel of death from you. Verse 8. We sing about this one. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. The goodness of God, the spiritual goodness of God doesn't just stay in the spiritual realm. Because He's a good God, it comes into the natural realm into something that you can lick and taste. Right? To something that you can see with your eyes. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Experience it, he's saying, even with your five senses. How happy is the person who takes refuge in Him? 
truly happy, truly blessed, at peace, in joy. You who are His holy ones, that'd be you, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, fear the Lord. For those who fear Him lack nothing. Lack nothing. How much do they lack? Nothing. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. Zero. Nix. How many other languages can we say it in? Nothing. Lack nothing. It means you have what you need. Verse 10, young lions lack food and go hungry. You know, even though with all their skill, with all their energy, with all their sharp senses, still good hearing, good smell, good eyes, all of that, even with all of that, in their own strength they lack and they go hungry. But those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. When Jesus stood up and He said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, He's just paraphrasing and requoting this. Seek the Lord. 2022 is going to be a year where the people of Church of the Word International seek the Lord. Where the people of Church of the Word International experience and taste and see the goodness of God. Where the people of Church of the Word International are not subject to their circumstances, but they are subject to a higher authority and power that is going to be on display in you and me. And if you get into a problem and you get into a situation that looks hopeless, that looks like you've already lost before it begins, verse 19, the one who is righteous has many evils or adversities, but the Lord rescues him from them all. Do you believe in miracles? Are you expecting miracles? Let's expect that 2022 is going to be a year where we see the divine presence and power of God on display like we've not seen to date yet. Where we're going to see the Lord glorified and lifted up and where people are going to say, that's the Lord. Did you see that? That was the Lord. That's the only explanation. And when you find yourself in that circumstance where the impossible just happened, man, do the next thing. Do the next thing and say, except for God. Except for God. Did you see that? Did you experience that? That's God. He's good that way. Tell the good news. You know, everywhere we go, we're going to make a difference. Sometimes it's by your, by your prayer. Sometimes it's going to be by your action. Sometimes it's going to be because you give relief in some way to the situation. Sometimes this is going to be your presence brings peace that they don't understand. You know, the other day we were flying on the airplane and, and we took off and the row behind us was a young family with a little baby, very young little baby. And um, this baby decided that it would be a good time to see how long and how loud can I scream and cry. And on, and on, and on, and on, and on. And, you know, looking at the parents, because they're sitting across the aisle one row back from me, I mean, look at them, and they don't seem like they're trying to do a whole lot about it. Of course, the baby's so small, there's no reasoning with it. You know, something's obviously distressing baby. And so baby's crying. And so it is becoming quite annoying. And now, I'm not annoyed with the parents. I'm not annoyed with the baby. I'm just annoyed with the noise. Right? 
I understand that they're probably more distressed about it than I am, or at least if I was in their shoes, I, I would be feeling badly for all the passengers around me. And so I'm feeling badly for them, but I'm also being quite annoyed. I mean, I've got sound-canceling headphones on and it's still loud. And I thought to myself, like seriously, I had to sit right here by the baby. I couldn't, because we're in the middle of the plane. I could have been on the front of the plane, back of the plane, somewhere else, far away where I'm not hearing this. And on the inside, I hear the Lord say, well, why don't you do something about it? Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Father, I thank you for the authority and the peace that you've given to me. And I bind anything that's that's causing distress and pain and discomfort and anything that's afflicting this baby right now in the name of Jesus. And I lose peace upon baby. I just prayed that quietly between me and the Lord. I mean, like no one else on the plane heard me. And within 30 seconds, maybe sooner, of me praying and finishing that prayer, that baby went silent. Went to sleep. Didn't cry again the rest of the flight. But see, how often are we we're going through situations and not realizing that I'm the difference maker here. Because I have the greater one in me. So 2022 is going to be a year where we're difference makers. Where we change atmospheres because we're there. Because He's there. Every place your foot goes, every place you step, every place you tread, you're going to see miracles. So expect it. Expect the miracles to come. See with your spiritual eye, not your natural eye. See with eyes to know. Actually, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews 11, the famous faith chapter, He starts in verse 1 and he says this, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for. The proof of what is not seen. The NET says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Being convinced of what we do not see. The ISV says faith is the assurance. Now faith. See, faith is always now. Without faith it's impossible to please God. We know that. We've memorized it. And... But faith isn't tomorrow, faith isn't yesterday, faith is now. Why can we say it and word it that way? It's because the Word of God is always present tense. It's now. The Word of God is alive. It's not has been. It's not will be someday. It's now. And if the Word of God is now, that means our faith is now. Our faith is not dependent upon waiting until we see the miracle come, until we see the deliverance come, or until we are assured of the victory because we see it with our natural eye. No, faith is seeing it with our spiritual eye on the inside, believing it and knowing it in spite of the circumstance you stand in. The ISV says, now faith is the assurance that what we hope for will come about. See, assured, believe. How are you going to see the goodness of the Lord if you don't believe it? The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living comes to those who believe it. Now faith is the assurance that what we hope for will come about and the certainty that what we cannot see exists. I like that. The certainty, the confidence, the absolutely persuadedness. (laughs) Being absolutely persuaded Now, what I'm not seeing in the natural, it exists and I see it on the inside. 
Go over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4. Let's look down. Now, in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul is telling, telling about how, man, they were, they were in the thick of it. They were beaten and crushed and knocked down but not out and on and on. And he's just telling, man, how bad of a time they've had. But he's not whining. He's not complaining. He's stating some obvious facts. He's saying in spite of all of this, this doesn't move us. These things don't define us. These things are not what's going to shape our reality. And if you look down in verse 16, he says, therefore, we do not give up. Now, if you look back into verse 8, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. If Paul was perplexed, you know, he's scratching his head. He's got that question mark hanging over his head. He's perplexed by it. He's wondering about it. Is it possible to wonder and have questions about a situation without getting out of faith about it? Yeah, of course. Because see, even while the question is there, what's going on? What should I be doing now? How do I address this? How do I come against this? Even while that question is in your mind, you're confidently waiting. You're confidently expecting that the Lord's deliverance is at hand. That the Lord is right here with me. He's not forsaken me. He's not left me alone. The power of God resides within me. So he's saying, therefore we do not give up. Even though... I've got to keep going back to verse 8. He says we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. I mean, there's people that, that get persecuted and they feel like they're abandoned. I mean, you remember the pastor that in Turkey got thrown in prison and was there for uh, quite a while until President Trump got involved and got him released. You know, yeah, hallelujah. And the Lord delivered him, but he didn't see it that way for a while. I mean, he went through a major crisis in faith while he was in prison and even after he was out. All these people were looking at him as this great faith hero, asking him to come speak at their places. In the meanwhile, he's sitting there going, yeah, I'm questioning everything. So he, he, he was in a situation where he was persecuted and felt abandoned. And see, if you will focus and you'll begin to look at your circumstance and the climate that you're in and the thing you're dealing with, and the more you focus on that, the bigger Goliath looks. The more you look at Goliath, the more you compare yourself to Goliath, the more aware you become of his spear, of his shield, of his guys helping him, of his size, of his stature, the bigger your problem seems to you. And the more defeated, the more down and out, the more abandoned you're going to feel, your feelings are just not going to help you at all in that situation. But if you'll do what Paul is doing here, look to the One, the only One, who can bring deliverance. You know, what did David do? He didn't look at the Goliath. He looked at some other things. Who is this clown, uncircumcised clown, that's reviling our God? How dare he? I mean, you guys aren't going to do anything about this? You know, he's on behalf of God. He's indignant at it. And then they tell him about the reward, right? That, that will happen if you go out and kill the giant. You're not going to have to pay taxes. You're going to get the princess for a wife and on and on and on. And so then he begins to build desire on the inside of himself for the reward. You see him asking one person, then the next person, then the next person. 
And pretty soon he goes out there and when he faces the problem and is now going to deal with the problem, not one time does he compare his size or his skills with the giant size or the giant skills. Instead, he compares the giant size and the giant skills with God's size and God's skills. And he goes, you don't have a chance. You're toast. I mean, that's a paraphrase, right? He said, I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. It's over for you. So no matter how great or how bad of a year that is in front of you personally, compare the problem always. Grab a hold of your emotions. Come back and compare the problem to your God. To Him who is able to do above and beyond all that you could ask or think or imagine. I mean, that's pretty big. I know some of you in here can ask and think and imagine pretty big. But even more than that. Alright, can I go on with verse 16? Yes. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. How can you say that unless you have the joy of the Lord on the inside of you? Unless you're standing in faith, waiting confidently, expectantly on the Lord. You can't, right? Because... You don't know if deliverance is going to come. But no, He is, man. He's saying, man, our outside is not in such great shape right now, but hallelujah on the inside, we're dancing. We're being renewed. Our strength is renewed. We have a zest and a zeal for life. He goes on and He says, for our momentary light affliction. See, you want to chap the devil off and stick it in his face. All his best efforts to get you into the mud, momentary light affliction. And what is it doing? Oh, it's producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. I mean, Jesus said that when you blessed are you when men persecute you and revile you for my sake. Blessed. And that there's reward for the persecuted. So Paul's just going, hey, Shaka Bundy, it's going to be great in heaven for me. Now look at verse 18. We're going to close here. He says, so we do not focus on what is seen. We're not looking. We're not, we're not turning the focus on our camera lens to this thing that's in front of us. To what we can see with our natural eye. We're not giving it the time and space in our brain. We're not allowing our thoughts to zero in on the natural event that we're experiencing. We're not allowing our thoughts to be sidetracked as though this were the deal here in front of us. The thing where you're looking. Instead, what is he saying? We don't look on what is seen. We don't focus. We don't intently stare at what is seen. But on what is unseen. Well, how can you see something you can't see? I'm looking at what we can't see. Well, how can you see it, Paul? If you just hold your finger there and you go over to 2 Corinthians 5-7, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. What is faith again? It's believing that what you don't see exists. That it's there. So here he says, we don't focus on what is seen, back in chapter 4, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. It's trivial. Is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. 
In 2022, let's put our eyes on the unseen, on the eternal. Let's exalt the Word of God above our problems. Let's exalt the name of Jesus above our problems. Let's honor the name of God, the things He's done, the promises He's made by taking a hold of them and like a bulldog that bites on and just won't let go. Stays hooked to it. Because you know what? At the end of the shaking, at the end of the rattling, at the end of the bumping is victory. Victory for you and I. Victory for those who won't let go. Victory who are seeing with their spiritual eye rather than with their natural eye. Victory for the one who sees the victory that Jesus already put into place for him, for her. Let's say this together. I look with my spiritual eye. I spy with my spiritual eye. Victory in 2022. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, why don't you stand with me? Let's worship the Lord. How many are glad that Jesus overcame for us? Amen. Hallelujah. I spy. My wife and I do that. If we see, see God moving, we always say, I spy, I spy. We're always looking for God moving in our lives somewhere, doing even the littlest thing, I spy, I spy. So that was kind of cool you said that. Hallelujah. Are we ready? We're ready. Let's go, man. Father, we thank you for your goodness. You are awesome in every way. We're grateful to you, Lord, for all the times that you've delivered us, all the times you've set us free from even the trap of the enemy or the bondage that we've created ourselves. Father, you're always faithful. You're always good. You always watch over your word to perform it. You, you never let your word fall to the ground empty and useless. But it accomplishes what you send it to do. So we're grateful for that. Lord, I bless you. 
My soul blesses you. I exalt you, Lord. All that's within me, I bless your holy name. I worship you, Lord. You are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of all honor. You are worthy to be our Lord, our Master, our King of kings. Lord of lords. Father, thank you for healing us. Thank you for setting us free from sickness and disease. Thank you for the times you rescued us right out of what looked like certain death. Father, your faithfulness knows no end, no limit. Your mercies, they're new every morning. Thank you for that. Thank you that you've had mercy on me. You've had mercy on my brothers and sisters here. That you've had mercy on our family. Thank you, Lord, that your mercies, they're new tomorrow morning again. Ha! Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. You are a good, good Father. We bless you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Lord, we want to be as you are, love. We want to give love freely as you've given to us. We want to boldly proclaim your truth. Lord, we desire to make the good things of God known in the earth today. Known to the generation that's all around us. Lord, we want your goodness to be established as fact by our lives. As fact by our actions. That your goodness is demonstrated in our very life. That people taste and see your goodness because we obey you. Because we walk with you. Because you are just good in every way. Father, I lift up this nation to you, these United States of America. Father, every person that sits in a high place in this country, in a place of decision-making, in a place of enacting law, in a place of enforcing law, in a place of deciding law. Father, all these people, I lift them up to you, and I ask you, Lord, that your wisdom would come in and on them, that your righteousness would be revealed to and through them, Lord, I ask that you give them and grant them repentance where they've missed it. I ask that you come upon them and overshadow them with your spirit. Those that have rejected you, Lord, I ask you to give them another opportunity tonight. Lord, as they sleep on their bed, that you give them dreams and visions, that you reveal by your spirit truth and righteousness in the way that they should walk. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that righteousness shall again prevail in this land. That righteousness will prevail through your body in this land. I thank you, Lord, that you've removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. That you have put authority upon us to decree and declare things as you would have them to be. So I decree and I declare that this year, 2000. 22 will be the year that we see the goodness of the Lord in this land. That we see your goodness on display around this land, around this state, around this county. I bless you, Lord. I thank you for it. Lord, I ask you to just come upon your people in this land with an awakening, with an awareness. Lord, with an awareness of our need of you, an awareness of what you've given to us, an awareness of what is possible, an awareness of what you've called us to. Father, and not only revelation and awareness, but Lord, boldness to do it, boldness to walk in it, 
boldness to bring revival, to be the revival, to be the change. Lord, I ask you for divine revelation for your body in the earth, all around the earth. Lord, that there be an awakening in your people that have fallen asleep, in your people that have become lazy, in your people that have allowed deception to creep in. I say, wake up in Jesus' name. Wake up. Wake up and see and taste the goodness of the Lord. Wake up and be a demonstration of the goodness of God in this world. Lord, I ask for special words of instruction, special words of wisdom, words of knowledge to be given through your shepherds in the earth today. Lord, I ask that your anointing increase upon them and that a restlessness would stir in them to do and to walk in the destiny that you've put upon them, for them to fulfill, for them to walk in. Lord, that your righteousness is, is what is revealed, that your goodness is on display. This is what I ask, Lord. This is what we ask. Father, I lift up every person in this house, every person that's listening by the internet. Lord, I lift them up to you and I ask you, Lord, to encounter that person in the way that's unique to them, but in a way that is divine by you. Lord, that you come in and on them, that your spirit fill them, that you be filled right now, starting tonight, starting in this moment that you're hearing this, that you are filled with the spirit of God, with truth and with wisdom, that boldness rests upon you like a garment, that his salvation is your calling card. And I thank you, Lord, that your protection is upon these people, that you set angels around them to protect them, that you go before them, behind them, beside them, that every place they put their foot, that you're there with them to watch over your word, to perform it, to accomplish it. Lord, that as they open their mouth, as they declare forth the goodness of God, that you're right there to put it on display, to show people your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercifulness. And I thank you for it, Lord. I ask you for special wisdom for each person in this house. A special wisdom, Lord, to live 2022 for your glory. A special wisdom to live on purpose in your divine plan and destiny for 2022. And Father, I claim 2022 for you. I claim this year as a se your season. I declare it's your time. It's your season. Father, I thank you that you are the God of more than enough, the God of abundance, the God of super overflowing more than enough. I call every, every need in this house met in the name of Jesus. If you have a bill, I call it paid for. If you have some finances, some increase coming in, it increases more. The Lord increase you more and more and more. You're the head, you're not the tail. You're overcoming, you're not beneath. You are blessed going out. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed everywhere you go. You have blessed sleep. You sleep in peace. You rise up rested. Your body functions in perfect health and life and unity with how God created it to function. Your immune system just works exactly like it's supposed to. Your bones are strong. The cells in your body work like they're supposed to. Your veins are healthy. Your cholesterol levels are right and good. Your ligaments and muscles are full of life and zeal. Your brain is renewed and restored. Every part of your body, your lungs, your heart, your liver, your kidneys, 
your joints, your every part has the life of God flowing in them and upon them. And I thank you for it. Hallelujah! Father, I ask you to put a supernatural draw upon this place, this place of your presence, this place of, of your spirit working and speaking to and through us. Lord, this house, I'm asking you to draw people, the right people to this place, the people that you want to be plugged in here, Lord. Draw them in from the north, south, east, and west, from above and beneath, from everywhere they're at. Lord, I ask you to bring them to this house. And Lord, those that you don't want to be here, then put them where they need to be. Give them the understanding of where they need to be plugged in at. I thank you that you lead us by your spirit, step by step, day by day. Lord, even, even when we don't know what to do, that you give us the unction of the direction that we should go. Lord, that you prompt us, go here, go there, don't go there, don't go there. Lead us by your Spirit. We're your sheep. Let's say that. We're your sheep. We hear your voice. Speak to me, and I will do as you command. Thank you, Lord. A year of life. A year of health, a year of wealth, a year of riches, spiritual and natural, a year of revelation, a year of wisdom, a year of divine destiny, a year of seeing right things being set in place, a year of deliverance, a year, ha, a year of victory. It's the year of Jubilee in Jesus' name. and turn pages, start new chapters. The Lord says, I started this chapter a long time ago. And I'm still writing it. And you're a part of my plan. So be ready, be willing. Take action when I prompt. And you'll see my glory 
in the land. I thank you, Lord. If you're willing to commit to just walking with him in fullness, in spirit and in truth, just tell him, Lord, I'm here. Here am I. Here am I. Send me. Are you willing? All right, then say that. Here am I. Send me. like that the curtain is covering the stage most of it there's just a small portion of the stage that's visible and what you can see seems like all there is up on that stage but behind the veil there's a whole lot more that is unseen until they pull that curtain back and suddenly you realize there's a whole world back there. A whole scene, a whole set. And it's that way in 2022 for you and I. The things that seem like that's all there is, oh, that's not all there is. There's a whole lot more to what you're not seeing. So ask the Lord, say, Lord, give me eyes to see what you want me to see, to recognize and to know what lies beyond the veil. And what I should believe for and what I should call into existence. And he'll do it. Father, I ask you for that supernatural revelation. Lord, when you want us to see beyond what is seen. Lord, that we would see beyond the veil. That we would lay hold of it. Lay claim of it. Bring what's behind into the foreground to what is in front. I thank you for helping us in this. Give us the eyes to see. Give us the ears to hear. Give us the discernment to know the when and the where and the how. And the wisdom and what to do about it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Well, one way that we love God is we love on each other. We take time, check in on each other and say, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? Is there anything you need that I can do for you? Take the time and do that for each other. There's a time of fellowship downstairs. Everyone's invited. happy to see each and every one of you here tonight. A joyful new year to all of you. See, joy has been deposited in each one of our spirits. It's the very nature of God, right? It's a fruit of the spirit and it's not contingent on your circumstances. So a joyful, healthy, 
blessed new year to everyone. Amen. Glory to God. Psalms 138. I will praise you with my whole heart. Every part of my heart praises you. And that's an act of our will. I will sing praises to you. I will worship you toward the holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with joy in my soul. That's so beautiful. See, joy is a strength. The joy of the Lord is the strength of God in you and made me bold with strength or, or joy in my soul. And you have that all the time. It's ever present within you. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Let's stand together as family tonight and worship our great, great, good God. Amen. Well, good evening again, everyone. So good to be with you all tonight. How about you? You glad to be here tonight? It's a happy New Year's Day. Is there any guests that are here with us on New Year's Day with us? We'd like to welcome you. If you're here for the very first time, raise your hand. No guests here. All right. Well, we're glad to be family, too. That's, well, yeah, there we go. Good. <laughs> We're laughing. All right, well, if you're needing a cash envelope for your giving, you can raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And if you're giving by credit card, please fill out all of the blanks. I have a scripture that the Lord gave me for the tithe portion here. And it's in Deuteronomy you find it here it's in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and I just thought I should remind us all not to have a dismissive attitude towards the Old Testament you know we see the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament but all in scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for us and I felt like the Lord had something here he wants us to see so Deuteronomy Chapter 8, verse 6, to really try to grab a hold of the heart. Lord, help, help me bring it out. Father, just the way you showed me today, the heart, the things that you once said, Lord, I'm asking for your help, that we grab a hold, that we hear with our spiritual ears. Thank you for it. Verse 6 says this, says, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. That's always his heart, to bring you into a good land. A land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and figs, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce, yea, and you will lack nothing. That is his heart 
for you. You lacking nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, which would be forgetting the Lord your God, to not do, to not obey his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving to you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and all of your herds and flocks and businesses and cryptos and investments and companies grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. You see, if you don't remember the Lord, if you don't praise him and remember what he's delivered you out of, Here's what can happen. You become proud. And, and, and uh, you forget what he's delivered you from. Let's keep reading there. He brought you water out of a hard rock. Why? Because he is a God of the miraculous. There's nothing impossible for God. He can do it. He brought water out of a hard rock. Now watch verse 16. It says, he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Wait a minute. The instrument of their humbling and testing was a miracle, not a car wreck, not a disease, not the Egyptians torturing them and, you know, punishing them and all this. A miracle was the instrument used to test them. Well, why was, now think about this. this was, how could a miracle be a test, a test or, a, or a source of humbling? Well, back up to verses 8 and 9. Is manna, even though that shows up every morning, you know, they had to trust God for that. They only could get enough for that day. It wasn't the promise, even though it was a miracle and it was God sustaining them. It wasn't the wide variety of pomegranates and figs and honey and And all of this, they had to believe God for that while he was sustaining them. So it was a time of testing. Maybe some of you are in that right now. Believe him for the miracle. Believe him for the fullness, the promise, and being thankful and patient while you're in his daily miracle provision. That's what he's wanting. And it says here, what's the purpose? So that was the instrument. The, the miracle was instrument of testing. The point of it was that in the end, it might go well with you. Again, he wants goodness for you. He wants it to go well with you. That's all what he's working for. Verse 17 says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. If you would not praise the Lord your God and forget what he's delivered you from, this is my, what would happen. You would say to yourself, ha, huh, I'm smart. Boy, I've got skill sets. They don't quit with me. Man, I can, I can overcome anything. No, that's pride. It says, the power and strength of my hands produce this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, 
for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Now, switch over. I read all of that to set us up for what I wanted to read in connection with the tithe in Deuteronomy, because you're going to, in Deuteronomy 26, because you're going to see kind of a, a reiteration of this. See, when we come in and bring our tithes to the Lord, there's a certain heart posture we should have, and we don't want to let it slip, even though it's something that we do weekly. In Deuteronomy 26, there was, they were supposed to come in with their first fruit in a basket. And later it talks about uh, the tithe. So he says it, I'm going to read the part where he talks about bringing in the first fruit, but it also is um, reset or reemphasized later in the chapter when talking of the tithe. But they were supposed to bring their first fruit in, in this basket, and present it to the Levite there, and they were to make a declaration. They were supposed to declare some things to the Lord and remember what he had delivered them from. Remembered he had, and go, I'm not going to take the time to go through it because I just read a lot of it, but remembered that he had uh, delivered them from the Egyptians and how they were afflicted and, and how they cried out to God and he heard them and delivered them and brought them out into this land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 9 says, he brought us to this place and gave us this land, land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that the Lord you have given me. This is what they're doing. They're coming up and saying, Lord, I remember what you've delivered me from. I remember that it was you that put me in this place of abundance. All right? And so the place the basket before the Lord and bow down before him as part of your worship. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things that the Lord your God has given to you and your household. So when we bring the tithe in, when we bring our first fruits, when we bring an offering to the Lord, we need to come in and we need to remember he is the source. He's the reason that we've been delivered. What has he delivered you from? All right, can you rejoice in that? Can you be thankful? Can you be like, God, if it wasn't for you, I'd be still in the miry pit. You know? And if you're in the miry pit, well, glory to God, you can get out. Believe in him. Put your trust in him. Recognize it's all from him it's all from him and if you trust in him he will be your king of kings he will be your deliverer he will be your helper amen and amen glory to god well let's hold on to your tithe first fruit or offering whatever you have father we are so grateful to be here tonight we are so grateful for you lord we thank you for what you've delivered us from we thank you that you've healed our babies, that you've brought us out of situations. You've overcome obstacles for us. You've brought answers. You've brought abundance. you brought increase. Lord, every good thing that we have, we know it came from you. And we just thank you for it. We thank you. We worship you. We give you these tithes, these first fruits, these offerings as worship to you, recognizing that you are the source. You are the sustainer of all of every bit of life, anything we could ever ask or need, you have the answer. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. And amen and amen.
All right, well, ushers can pass the baskets, and I'm so glad to be able to return the Lord the tithe. Glory to God. I, I, I really am. I can get stirred up about that if you, if you haven't noticed, because I know that he is the sustainer. He, I can put my trust in, and I don't have to worry. I can believe him. All right, announcements. Um, just wanted to mention that you can continue to give diapers and baby food and things. Even though we gave our Christmas giving to the pregnancy center, that's an ongoing thing, so you can continue to do that. If you are not already serving at the church and would like to serve, that's one way we serve Jesus is by serving one another and ministering to each other. That's ministering to the body of Christ. So um, if you're not engaged in that already and would like to be a volunteer, you can um, reach out to Debbie. Debbie knows, Debbie knows things. Debbie knows how to get you connected. <laughs> All right, just wanted to say, too, that our donation summaries will be coming soon, so you can be looking for that. And CityGate is tomorrow in, in Lancaster and Columbia. Okay. Okay, so City Gate in Lancaster and Columbia is happening tomorrow. If they want to go to Columbia, right? They can't go to Okay, if you want to go to Columbia with Karen's team, it's not too late. Um, so you can reach out to her and be part of that. I just wanted to say thank you, too, for the generous Christmas gift you guys all gave. It's such an honor to do life with you, to serve God alongside of you. And I, I truly believe we have the best people on the planet and it's just an honor, and a, I'm humbled to be here serving God with you. Thank you so much. We love you guys.